0: Good morning, Chapel Roswell. I'm Kristen Hyden, one of the pastors here, and I echo Jay's welcome. We are so glad that you are here this morning as we kick off our new message series where we are heading straight out of Eden. I was told I couldn't come up here and be like real cheery, like, hey, good morning, because it didn't just flow. So hopefully that was a little more. I can only be so, you know, down and dirty. But All right. Um, So we are heading... Straight out of Eden. Yes, unfortunately, our ancestors of long ago decided that they knew better than God and got us kicked out of the garden, right? Forced to now live in this world in a different way, in a new way than God had initially intended us to live. And so now we have to figure out what we're doing in this place that is a little less than perfect. Now, fortunately, we shouldn't be clueless in this, right? That sprinkled throughout the scriptures are different ways of being and living in creation. God didn't leave us to figure it out all on our own. God gave us some hints along the way. Now, while we have not been granted access back to the garden just yet, we have received new life and the promise of new creation in Christ. As we celebrated last week with Easter and the resurrection, Christ invites us back into this new relationship, reconciling us with God's creation. In fact, Christ is even called the new Adam, Right, promising us new life and hope for a new creation. The scriptures even call Christ the first crop of God's harvest. And so, this morning and over the next few weeks, let's head straight out of Eden and figure out our role, our place in God's creation. I'm gonna go ahead and let you in on a secret. I'm a little obsessed with care of creation. All right, I can trace it back to my elementary school days, when we did a like, PTA program, right, on Earth Day. And we sang songs like, turn it off, turn it off, running water, turn it off, turn it off, saving power, right? It's a classic. All right, we also sang a song that was, went like this. I'm going to be the last dude to eat fast food. I'm polystyrene. I'm polystyrene. Right? <laughs> Elementary school gold, people. Did anybody else do that PTO program? No? No? All right, fine. I know it's still a thing because I YouTubed it, and there was like a YouTube video from just two years ago on there. So still a thing. You can look it up. Now, I also, after I graduated from seminary, two of my best friends and I wrote an entire vacation Bible school curriculum. And it was called God's Good Green Earth. It was all about care of creation. It's been done in in churches um, across the country that we've had connections to. um, And all the, the supplies that we used were recycled goods. Um, So I'd be willing to bet if you went to my old church where we did this, there's probably still a closet full of empty toilet paper rolls and, like, plastic bottle caps um, that, you know, we can use for an art project at some point. And it's not uncommon to walk into our office um, and see Eric or Jay reaching into the trash can to get a piece of paper out that they've thrown away, and I saw them, and I gave them the side eye. Like, I don't think, that's not where that goes. There's a recycling bin right over there. I'm walking on over all right, so I can get a little bit passionate or neurotic, Jay, I don't you can ask him about that later um, about this. But I think it's with good reason, right? that we are created in the image of God. We are created in the image of our creator. right? And so as we tap into that divine image, we are called to care for God's creation just as God does. right? And I say this, too, as really an indictment on the church, that what I've learned about care of creation, for the most part, has come from outside the walls of the church. That we've allowed care of creation to just become one more thing that we can argue about across political lines. That's a failure on us. Because where it begins is right at the beginning of our story of faith. When God created the world and we received a charge to care for that creation. So this morning we're going to read from the book of Genesis. Right back at the beginning, chapter 1, beginning with verse 26. And you'll see it up on the screens. Then God said, let us make humanity in our image... To resemble us so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and all the crawling things on earth. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them. Male and female, God created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fertile and multiply. Fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. Then God said, I now give to you all the plants on the earth that yield seeds and all the trees whose fruit produces its seeds within it. These will be your food. To all wildlife, to all the birds in the sky, and to everything crawling on the ground, to everything that breathes, I give all the green grasses for food. And that's what happened. God saw everything he had made, and it was supremely good. Now, I would venture to guess that this is a familiar passage for us. Even if you didn't grow up in church, you've probably heard the story of the seven days of creation. Or maybe I should say it's six days of creation and one day of rest. Right, we can recall that God took each day to create something new. Light and dark, land and sea, plants and animals. And then we get to us. The creation of human beings. And oh, how we like that part, right? It's kind of like when my daughter sees a video of herself on the phone. Or when I talk about her in a sermon. um, That she like perks up, right? Oh, that's me. That's me. I better pay attention. Right, we do that with the scriptures. We're like, oh, yeah, forget everything that's happened on those first five days. Now we're getting to the good stuff. God is creating us. Male and female, God is creating us. And so we take these words. Be fertile and multiply. Take charge of the earth. Have dominion over the earth. We want to, we want to fully embrace them, Right. And so we each become like our own versions of He-Man, master of the universe, right? I have the power. Well, yeah. I mean, there is power in these words, but maybe not exactly the power that we first think. What does it actually mean to master the earth, to take charge of the earth, to have Dominion over the earth. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you now. It doesn't mean that we have the right to hunt elephants and rhinos just for their tusks. It doesn't mean we can throw coal waste in our rivers or even drill pipelines wherever we deem appropriate. There's something more to this call and this charge of God. There is a power. That comes, but a power of care and compassion and responsibility. So, first, let's consider that this is not the first time God tells a group of creatures to be fertile and multiply. Just a few verses earlier, before human beings are even created, God looks at the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea and says, Be fertile and multiply. Fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. Yep, the first group of people, of creatures that receive this call are the birds and the fish. So does the fact that we receive it a few verses later make this less important or less valid? It means we then have to put these two together and figure out what it means for us to answer God's call without impeding the ability of other creatures to fulfill this call as well. Ellen Davis, who is an Old Testament scholar, and she specializes in the agrarian nature of the Bible. She was uh, interviewed with, by Krista Tippett on the On Being podcast. It's a very good podcast if you're looking for podcast recommendations. Um, But in this interview, Dr. Davis says, we are living among creatures who are blessed before we even come into existence. She says, I think that's something important for us to remember. And as we look throughout the Bible, we see that God's relationship is not just with us, but is with all of creation. I mean, if we look to the Psalms, for example, they are filled with lyrics about all creation praising God's name, lifting their voices to worship their creator. Are we allowing the song of praise to be lifted up in our world or if we decided that our voices are the only ones that matter. Now clearly I'm not talking about you know, the plants and the, and the animals singing these great hymns to God but what does it mean to, to allow creation to praise God's name? I think it means just what it means for us to live into who God created us to be. And so, how can creation live into what God initially created it to be? I love this from the psalmist Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the sea resound and all that is in it, let the fields be jubilant and everything in them, let the trees of the forest sing for joy. Have you heard that song being sung lately? Now, I'm not up here to advocate that we go, like, full-on granola, okay? (laughs) You don't have to sell your car and buy an electric car. You don't have to vow to never again touch a plastic grocery bag. Although those would be good things to do. What I want us to think about is how we are living our lives straight out of Eden. How are we interacting with creation in our world today? That instead of taking charge and doing whatever we can to ensure our own survival, our individual survival, that we seek after what we can do for the survival of all of creation, our fellow human beings, the land, the creatures. Now, it's interesting that this command in Genesis to have dominion over, to master the earth, is actually pointing to a metaphor that's less like a dictator taking control and more like a shepherd caring for his flock. I know it's a shocker, right? God's using shepherd imagery. (laughs) It happens a lot throughout the scriptures. But it begins here in the beginning in Genesis. That God is saying, I am charging you with shepherding this earth, to take charge of creation, which means to rule with with firmness instead of harshness, to serve and preserve instead of use and abuse. To have mastery among instead of mastery over. And so we determine what, what must we do then to embrace this kind of living? Well, the first step is to embrace how we were created in the image of the Creator, to conform to this divine image in the ways that we live. And so we can seek to take charge only as far as we are willing to embrace how God has taken charge. Because you know what happens when we don't? We end up eating fruit from a forbidden tree and getting kicked out of the garden. When we decide that we know better than God... We are pushed a little further away from the garden. A little further away from relationship with the God who has created us. And so now we say that Christ has come. Right? Christ is alive. Yes, he is, we proclaimed last week. But what does that mean now? As we live as Christ who has reconciled us to God reconciles us to God's creation, right? And that's what I love about about the Bible, that you may or may not believe that there was an actual man named Adam and a woman named Eve who got tricked by a snake. But we can all get on board with the fact that this story happens over and over and over again. That we decide we know better, that we have full control, that we are in power. And we push aside God and step forward as humans. We see that happening in the way we interact with one another and in the way we interact with creation. And so let's take a moment and just step back. And be reminded of the way God calls us to live in this world. And so this morning, as we consider life straight out of Eden, I challenge us to think about the ways that we are living in this world. What effect does our existence have? Because we know that just by existing, just by being here on this planet earth, we will have an effect. But the question becomes, what kind of effect will that be? What kind of effect will we have on on other people? On other creatures? On the land? And on the water? And I'm going to challenge you. To start first with God and God's story. Don't start with the voices of the anchors on CNN or Fox News telling you about how we should care for God's world. Begin with God and how God says we should care for God's world. Dive into the scriptures. And then when you have questions, because I know you will, because I do and I keep seeking after, what is it that I'm supposed to do? There are good resources for you to explore. UMCjustice.org. It's a great website for our United Methodist Church Board of Church and Society. It talks all about how the church interacts with the world. And there's a whole section On care of creation. The United Methodist Women. Right? It's not just little old ladies in circles. Okay? They have amazing resources. They actually have a campaign going on right now that's called Be Just, Be Green. So if you go to unitedmethodistwomen.org, you can learn more about that. Or you can go to uh, creationcare.org. And that is the Evangelical Environmental Network. And you can learn more. We're going to put these links on our social media throughout this coming week. So that as we dive into this series even more, you can check out what the greater church has to say. And what the story of faith has to say about how we live in this world. And as we continue through this series, we're going to keep asking these questions about what does it mean to live in God's creation. We're going to ask questions like, what does this call to be fruitful really mean? And how can we live into that as well as the call of other creation to be fruitful and multiply? We're going to ask questions like, in our global economy, what does it mean for God to call us to live locally and experience creation in our own backyards. And then we're going to ask, what are we doing or maybe what are we failing to do that allows God's creation to continue to flourish for generations beyond ours? As we take this first step in our journey out of Eden... I invite us all to make a commitment to this command, to have mastery among, to take charge with power and responsibility over this creation that God has created and that Christ has reconciled us to. Our fingerprints are going to be on the earth May we allow those fingerprints to bring good and holy work that allows God's creation to live in to the way that it was created to be. And so this morning, we are going to literally put our fingerprints on creation. You see, we have the globe here up on the easel. And in just a moment, when the band comes back to play, you're going to be invited to come up. Jay is going to demonstrate. Come to the front of the table. And you can choose either the green ink pad or the blue. Simply take your thumb, dip it in the ink pad. And then place your thumbprint up on the earth. Now I'm going to... Tell you the obvious. Green thumbprints go on the land, blue thumbprints go on the water. Thank you. Okay. And we're not talking like planets yet here. So keep everything on the earth. Okay. We're not going to the cosmos just yet. So you'll come to the front of the table, put your thumbprint on, you'll exit on the back of the table. And we even have some little wet wipes for you. So grab a wet wipe so you can clean off your thumb afterwards. We are making a commitment that as people created in the image of God, we will live into this divine image that cares for God's creation. Other people, animals, plants, land and sea. We will care for God's world. Now, as you come and respond with your thumbprint, this is also the time that we respond with our giving, where we give back to God through the church. And so you'll see the different ways that you can do that up on the screen. This is our way of recognizing what God is doing through Chapel Roswell and you giving back to be a part of this movement. We'll also have members of our CR care team at the stained glass windows here in the back. If you'd like someone to pray with you, they will be there this morning. Will you pray with me now? Oh God, our Creator, you made this world so beautifully and so perfectly. And yet in the beginning and again and again and again, we have decided that we know better. God, remind us who you created us to be. And then allow our eyes to be opened to this world that you created. That we may be a part of allowing all of creation to embrace your call. Your command to be fertile and multiply to fill the earth with goodness and holiness and mercy and love. Let our fingerprints on creation bring about your good and the work that you intended it to be. For it's in the name of Christ that we pray. Christ, the one who has reconciled us to creation. Christ, the new Adam, the first crop of the harvest. Amen.